Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Good to have you with us. How are you, Billy? I'm great, Tofa. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, couldn't be better. I'm really excited with what we're talking about this week. Patron request. That's Or right. demand, really. <laughs> yes, well... They do get to demand it. All patrons at the $10 or more level do get to insist on a film that we must watch. Which in this case was no problem at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, Caleb chose very well. We are watching The Princess Bride, one of my all-time favourite films. I mean, where are you on this? Would it be in your top 10? It depends on what the 10 is. Is it like my my actual top 10? No. My pure enjoyment of films top 10? Yes. Yeah. I, I remember, where, I know where I was and who I was with when I first saw this film. Really? It's that big an experience for me. And I was basically, I was basically Fred Savage. You were sick in bed and your dad was like, your granddad was like, let me show you a movie, Sonny. Not quite, but I was like, the princess bride? <laughs> really? I was with, I was with my siblings yeah. when we were with our eldest cousin. And she was like, we're going to watch this movie, The Princess Bride. It's great. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> and then I was like, this is the best. I don't remember, but I was a sappy little romantic kid. So I probably would have been like, The Princess Bride? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, come at me. More kissing. <laughs> it took. I didn't even realize how long it took for me to see this full movie because the copy we had, my- Aunties who had who had recorded it for us had cut out the R-O-U-S's because I was a little wuss and I, it would have made me cry. I had that with the middle Indiana Jones film. Really? Mum, mum paused a bit with the honeymoon. <laughs> <"Hone-mo>, <laughs> yeah. And so years later I was like, what's this? Yeah. yeah, so for me the entire fire swamp scene was gone. They they walk in, little glitch in the video, they walk out. And you're like, that was the vice one? Yeah, real scary. <laughs> so I don't even know how old I was when I first saw the actual full film. And one of the greatest lines in the film, rodents of unusual size, I don't think they exist. <laughs> you missed, oh, that's sad. Yeah. All right. So, 1987 adventure romance Good film. year, Carlton won the premiership. <laughs> Written by William Goldman, who sadly passed this year. Goldman, uh, legend. Based, based on his novel of the same name and directed, of course, by Rob Reiner. Have you read the book? I have. I've oh. got a hard copy on the shelf. Oh, how good is it? It's great. And I think a lot of people don't actually know that the French Savage stuff is actually part of the book. That whole kind of- device, the framing device, is actually written into the book, which is really weird. Yeah. You wouldn't expect it. The fake like, abridged version. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just because it's claimed that it's written by this other person and they just- Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Stars, of course, Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Chris Sarandon, uh, Wallace Shawn, Mandy Patinkin, and Andre the Giant. Great cast. Um, you forgot Best on Ground, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, of course, Christopher Guest, the six-fingered man. You know what's great, especially great about him having six fingers on one hand and therefore 11 digits is that he'd previously done with Rob <laughs> Reiner. Oh, my God. Tap, these go- this, this goes, goes to, to 11. 11. Oh, my God. That is- How did I miss that? That is the best thing I've ever heard. Isn't it just? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He could, like, he could just hold up his hands and be like, these go to 11. You know what? 
That should be a t-shirt. It should that be. That should be a t-shirt of just him holding up his hands that says, this goes to 11. I'm getting one. We Yeah, we'll get one made. We'll get one made. Yep, that's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sarandon, as well, who we previously had spoken about in our Child's Play episode, when we both discovered that he was, in fact, Susan Sarandon's husband. Yes. Um, and he is very much- the Mr. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> yeah. Like, we know who the alpha person in that couple is. I know. She's the one who made his name recognisable. Exactly. <laughs> um, although, i got to say, I actually qu- I quite like him in this. Oh, he's fantastic. His yeah. level of smugness and stuff oh, is so perfect. He's, he's so smug. You spend the whole film wanting to punch him exactly, in the face. Exactly, and it's perfect. Obviously, Carrie Elwes- I have an extreme crush on Carrie Elwes. I mentioned it. We we had lunch with some friends today and I I said that we were doing this and and my old friend was like, oh, Carrie. Yeah. (laughs) She was like, she just melted where she was sitting. I know. My my older sister used to have a um, folder on her laptop just labelled Wesley (laughs) that was just- Pictures. That's awesome. Carrie Elwes. Mostly screen grabs from this movie, but it, like just random Carrie Elwes pictures. <laughs> and of course- It's a dreamboat. Of course, this is, you know, this is a grand love story, of course, The Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, <laughs> watching it yesterday, I really was struck by what a load of crap this love is. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, this person just treats you like shit <laughs> and you're like, as you wish. I was like- Nah. <laughs> You've clearly never been married. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And, and why would she fall in love with him? Like, he would clearly oh, because smell- Because look at him. Yeah, but he must smell real bad. Look at- No, uh, look at that hair. He's just got a hard on because she's a hottie. And he's like, that's translated to love. I'm like, no, it hasn't. You just, you just want some of that. No. He's just got- No. He's just he got can, the hots for no, her. No, he can see the real her. No, this is lust, not love. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, like, even- from Even Miracle Max knows that it's true love. <laughs> once once he goes away, which is, like, really- We're not far into the film yet when he- Oh, it's, he it's in the first off. five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, so there's- We haven't built up any emotional weight to that. No. But it still works so well, well just because of Fred Savage's reaction to it. It works so well. The framing device, like, okay, sure, you see maybe three minutes of them together and she's just a shit to him. But the chemistry between them still really works. And the other thing that really adds the emotional weight to this is Mark Knopfler's score. Oh, yeah. The score for this film is sensational. Do you know what the score is much better than? The song that plays over the end credits, <laughs> which oh, no. is so bad. Your love is like a storybook story. It's it's like if you asked a fourth grader to write poetry and they just looked outside and went like, flowers are colourful, the sun is up. <laughs> Sounds like most of my poems. <laughs> but the score is so well done. Like, it's just so- it, it sounds like a fairy tale. Like, it's yeah, it how, ma- how many scores are there where the lead instrument is a guitar? It is really rare. But and Mark- of course, not many people can do with a guitar what Mark Knopfler can do with No, a I mean, obviously, you know, lead guitarist from Dire Straits. Yeah, what he's done with the score here, just it really, really accentuates the emotion in every scene. And it just sounds somehow magical. Like, it, it, it sounds like a fairy tale. Do you know what else is great about the, the fairy tale-ness of it? is that it's shot on- Well, actually, a lot of it's shot on location. 
Yeah. But, but what yeah. isn't shot on location, like we think about the top of the Cliffs of Insanity, those yeah. kind of things, it's like so obviously a set. Yes. And you're so obviously not in the real world. That it's ra- almost like a dream sequence. Rather than taking me out of the story, it just reinforces that I'm in a fairy tale. Yep, exactly. It looks like, you know, those those old movies where, you know, like obviously now you'd be on a green screen and the whole set would be digital or filmed on a plate. Whereas, you know, you look at those old movies and it would it would literally be a painted backdrop behind them, like a stage play. And it like it just evokes that fantastical kind of theatrics of it. I just think it's so great. Speaking of so great, um, my favorite character, Fezzik. Yeah. One of the pro and on like I, I love Andre the Giant in this film. Absolutely yeah. love him. One of the problems with having a character whose one of his character traits is rhyming things. It helps if you can understand what the person's saying. <laughs> you can understand him, can't you? Tell me what all his rhymes are then. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> that was- That's the only one that works. That's the only one that works. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have the script in front of me, but I know that when I'm watching it, I know what he's saying. Oh, really? So, like, the most quotable film of all time, you can't give me some physique rhyming. That's, in- that's interesting. <laughs> hey, okay, give me one of the lines that precedes it, and I'll come back to you with his rhyme. Um... No, I've got nothing. Yeah, see, there you go. It's not him. You just you just have a bad memory, mate. Because they're forgettable because you can't understand what Andre the Giant's saying. <laughs> that is outrageous. That is such an outrageous claim. Bloody Do French. Do you really? <laughs> Bloody French. <laughs> so you just, you, you, you hear Andre clear as a bell? I have no problems with Andre. Good for you. You know what is upsetting, though, is in some scenes with Andre the Giant, is that because he's so tall, he's not framed right with other people, Billy? <laughs> or, or is it okay in this one? <laughs> Well, he's not Elizabeth Debicki. It's okay. So it's fine. Can you please stop racking on me about that? You you have taken what I said completely out of context. Have I? You, you've got this kind of brigade up against me. About- I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> Look, I have no problem with tall people. I have no problem with tall women. I thought she was a little out of place in the role was all that I said. Unlike Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Well, he's playing a giant. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to cast- What's Willow's name? <laughs> so now you hate little people. I don't hate either of them. Wow. I'm just saying the character is literally a giant. You're, you're not- uh, Warwick Davis. That's his name. You're, gonna, you're not going to cast Warwick Davis- as a giant. Billy hates Warwick Davis. I you, I'm so sick of this shit. I'm, I'm ending the show. <laughs> Look what you've done, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no problem with Andre the Giant. I think it is one of the best- um, I think it's one of the best characters in a fantasy film. Oh, so good. Ever. You know, like, but when you think of giants, you think of, you know, fee-fi-fo-fum and- like, here is an example of a giant who is is more a realistic human giant, which you just don't see often in fantasy, and he's just one of the best characters ever. And the filmmakers were like, I mean, they did talk to other people in case it didn't come off, but they were like, we have to get Andre the Giant because he is the only person who can play this. Well, did you know that also he um, has a deathly fear of flying? So all of the scenes that were up high, he had to drive and then hike up these mountains to get to. Right. Carrie Elwes actually has a book about the making of the Princess Bride, which is fantastic. And yeah, poor Andre, like he barely fit in a car. He was deathly afraid of helicopters and stuff. So he would have to like, yeah, hike 
to get to a lot of these locations that they were filming in. And and by this point in his life, he was actually a broken man. Oh, definitely. Like his back, yeah. his back was so bad that in the scene where he has to hold Robin Wright, who must weigh all of, like, she'd be, what, 30 kilos wet. <laughs> like, she had to be on wires because he couldn't hold her. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was, he was, I mean, this is still like, it was shot sort of seven-ish years, I think, before he actually died, but he was already just broken. Yeah, it's a really sad tale. Andre the Giant's life is really sad. Have you seen the doco? Yeah, guy could drink. <laughs> like, just heroic, <laughs> heroic feats of drinking. <laughs> Which And a lot of that was to hide, to cover up the, the pain of just him being alive. It's really sad. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a big dude. Man. Big dude. Um. Mandy Patinkin, he's amazing in this role. Like, you literally- You believe he's Spanish. I grew up thinking he was Spanish. I had no idea he wasn't. And then and then I saw- it, My wife is a big fan of Homeland. I saw him in that and I'm like, that's not Mandy Patinkin. Who's this old white dude? <laughs> yeah. I just believed he was Spanish my whole life. I, I was, yeah, at age seven or something. I was sold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can talk about this film without talking about the, the fencing, the sword fight. Between Carrie Elwes and Mandy Patinkin. It is, I think, the best choreographed fight of any kind captured on film. Which they, and they trained, I, like, I don't agree with that, but it is outstanding. And they did train for a long time. Yeah, they did. What fight do you think is better than this? Oh, uh, there's some stuff in The Raid, which I think is better. Like, there's yeah, old okay. Bruce Lee stuff, which is better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you've got me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best fencing. You caught me exaggerating once again. <laughs> it does happen from So time. unlike you. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, the fight scene is outstanding. It's so well done. And it's hilarious. Just, yeah. You know me. You know that I love an adventure and I love adventure films. And to me, this- I mean, you know that I haven't seen Indiana Jones. Because you hate adventure films. <laughs> but to me, this is like- It's just the sense of fun you get from this movie can make you feel like a child. When you watch this movie, you feel like Fred Savage sitting there- as a bored kid, you know, you're sick of your Game Boy and you're just living this adventure. It's so brilliant. Another great example of a script where the dialogue is not remotely natural. Yes. But a perfect fit for what it's doing. Yeah. Like the, I mean, the little interchanges before the the sword fight of you seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Bill Goldman was- a genius- Bill, Bill Goldman to you. Yeah. Yeah. He's often referred to as Bill. By his friends. <laughs> of which he counts you among that number. William Goldman. Is that better? William. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was a fantastic screenwriter. Like, I mean, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He trained Aaron Sorkin, your fave. Yep. Do you know something that's um, like, yes, the script is hugely impressive. Something that's not impressed- have you ever noticed, I only noticed it on his last viewing, is during the, the the Battle of Wits, have a look next time you watch it at Robin Wright's face. Because I reckon they must have just been on like take 25 or something. <laughs> like she's got no dialogue. She's just sitting there and the look on her face of just, <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> Like she can't that she's just at a point in the day, I think, where she can't pretend to be interested in what's happening with his two other characters. She's just like looking off to the other way, going, When is this gonna be over? I'm sick of this blindfold. Get me out of here. 
and I finally noticed what Wesley smells like. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. How dare you talk bad about Wesley? He was my first love. <laughs> that mask would smell. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's no- no, no showers on pirate ships. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a spin-off film just about the Dread Pirate Roberts. I wrote a spin-off chapter. Are you kidding? As a, as you did some fanfic. When I read The Princess Bride, it was in it was at school. I read right. it as part as, as part of an English class. And our one of our assignments was that we had to write a lost chapter of the book. And my my chapter was um was his first few months on the pirate ship. That's amazing. It was amazing. Do you still have it? Could you dig it out? I'm sure I don't. I think we should try find it and record it as an audiobook for the patrons. You know how old I am. This was pre-digital. <laughs> it does not exist. I bet your mum would have kept it. She's a good egg. Nah, she'd already given up on my school activities by that point. She was like, he's a dud. Yeah. Focus on the good kids. <laughs> uh, um, some other fun facts that I learned reading Carrie Elwes' book. You know when they come out of the, the forest, uh, the fire swamp, Two seconds after they went into it. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Sarandon hits Carrie Edwards on the head with his sword. He hit him. He hit him. He got knocked out. He had to go to the hospital with concussion. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, you know that. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought that was something fun that I was revealing. Keep trying, though. Okay, here's another one. You know the ROUSs? Yep. They were little people, not yeah. Warwick Davis, other little people. And there was a guy that got done for drink driving. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so he was late to set. Yep. And so, because he was late to set, <laughs> do you know this part? Okay, because maybe not. Because so he he was supposed to be the one that Carrie Elwes was fighting. Yep. Because he was late to set, he wasn't there. So they literally just threw the costume at Carrie Elwes, and that's why that fight looks so bad. Carrie Elwes is just rolling around pretending to fight a costume of a rat. Well, this is why it's I just was, an empty costume. I was surprised to find out there was someone in the costume because I've always just—it's so obvious that he's just fighting a sack. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the little person got done for drink driving the night before didn't didn't turn up, and so he's ju- he's just fighting a sack. They just threw this sack at him and like fight this, and so he's just rolling around pretending it's fighting back. He'd done nothing wrong, mind you. It was just Billy thought it was Warwick Davis and booked him. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but that fight looks terrible. It's like the baby in American Sniper. It's like, make this look real. <laughs> a, a fun thing, the film, the film, of course, takes place in this fictional kingdom of Florin and the kingdom they want to go to war with is another fictional kingdom. And yet- during the Battle of Wits, Australia just gets thrown out there. <laughs> yeah, because we're, we're fictional. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the, the movie doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. It's just like- Well, they're... it doesn't just get thrown out there. They have a full conversation about it, about criminals. I remember, the, like, the first time I saw it as a kid, I was really excited because I was, like, maybe it actually was the first time that Australia got mentioned in something that wasn't <laughs> from Australia that I watched. It is And so even, even though he's sitting there going- it's entirely populated by criminals. Yeah. I was still like, yeah! <laughs> this is amazing. I'm having fun. <laughs> Made you want to go looting. <laughs> you know, we mentioned before that one of my favourite lines, rodents, rodents of unusual size, I don't think they exist. What's not great about that line is that there's two right there. <laughs> like, did he? how long did he expect that lie was going to hold up for? <laughs> it's the way and he says it. Two's the delivery. Oh, I don't think they exist. <laughs> it's so great. The line is so great. But how long did he think that was going to hold up? Because oh. it's not a shock when two seconds later he gets attacked because <laughs> they're right there. 
You know, also, here's another fun fact, which I'm sure you already know. <laughs> uh, no CGI, of course. They were really just set on fire. Yeah, and William Goldman called out, Her dress is on fire! Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm done with the show. Why are you stealing all of my facts? I don't know. It's just fun. <laughs> just fun. Why, why didn't you have- what, Where's this knowledge when you're in quiz shows on another podcast? <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> I got robbed. Robbed, were you? <laughs> yeah. I got robbed. Okay, here's something that's here's something that's not great, which if you were making the film again, and no one ever do that. No, don't, why would you? Don't even say those words. But if someone was going to do the R word to this film, you would have to do more with the title character. Oh, she gets plenty to do. Like in the fire swamp, Buttercup is useless. Yeah, well. And actually throughout the film, she does no. very, very little. No. If you were doing this again- She's very pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she's fine. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you you raise a valid point. Buttercup could use a bit more, you know, point, other than it being pointed out that she's very attractive. Like, we know that from the first scene. Yep, okay. Things we know about Buttercup. She loves Wesley. Loves Wesley. Loves, Loves stinky guys. Loves stinky guys. She doesn't like Chris Sarandon. Doesn't like smug guys. Yep, no. Okay, so we know that much about her. She can ride a horse. Loves riding a horse. Loves riding horses. Um, She's all right with giants. She's not against any certain types of people, as far as we can tell. Yeah, she man, she forgives those people real quick, doesn't she? Yeah. Because by the time she meets them again, we know that the physique is okay. Yeah. And that Montoya is okay. But she sees them again, these people who were her captors. Yep. And she's just like, yeah, cool, sweet. Yeah. So we know that much about her. What else do we know about her? We Nothing. know that she's got lovely hair. Uh, we know that she has perfect breasts. Carrie always points that out. He says it would be a shame to ruin those. But even that is actually a cool moment of his. That's true. Like, he, he makes he makes Pervin on her seem really charming. <laughs> he do- doesn't he? Don't you <laughs> wish that you could make Pervin seem that charming? If I said something like that to my wife, she would slap me in the face. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Do you, you know what's weird? Like, I, I said, I think Christopher Guest is best on ground. I think that Count Rugen is just the best. It's halfway, like, it's actually halfway through the film till his first line. That can sometimes be brilliant, though. Like, there have been some brilliant before. Like, Hannibal Lecter has, like, an extremely small amount of lines, doesn't as, he? As, like, Darth Vader's screen time in the first Star Wars is not yep. that big. Yep. There you go. And, he, I mean, he's, like, he's the he's the second villain. Like, if this was a Batman film, he's not the Joker. He's- Someone else. The Count? Yeah. You reckon? Would you say Prince Humperdinck is the lead villain? Yeah, Humperdinck's the main bad guy. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't call him a villain. Being that big a douche is villainous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he is is a douche, and yeah, I guess he wants to marry her against her consent, which isn't cool. Okay, okay, maybe he is a villain. I'm going to throw something up here, which is- is is, You're um, not going to rock any boats, are you? I'm going to rock some boats. I'm going to rock some boats. Okay. Now- I love this scene. I love this sequence. I love these performances. Wait, where are you going here? I, so let me say that. Let me say that. Wait, something to do. Me you do you want to say this that feels like a really good sketch within a film that it doesn't entirely mesh with, but is still absolutely outstanding? Is the scene with Miracle Max and Billy Crystal's fantastic in this film. Valerie, when Valerie busts in, she is fantastic. Yeah, but it's just it's a it's just a different sort of funny, and I'm. It's like the film has shifted into an equally good but different gear, 
that doesn't quite what? mesh with the rest don't of the film. Think you know what you're saying. So again, let let me reiterate. Love the scene. Love them in it. It's just it's just a little off kilter with the rest of the film. I mean, I I completely disagree. I don't think that they're the strongest scenes in the film or anything, but I don't think that they feel out of place. Uh, like, I mean, it's it's a fantasy film. These are fantasy characters. It's uh, yeah. I, I I don't know what to say to you there. Again, again, I love the scene. I mean, it's it's a necessity to the film though. Well, the film doesn't work without that scene. But I'm not suggesting the scene shouldn't be there. I'm just saying it's. Yeah, so you're sa- you're saying that you would prefer this film if it didn't have the memorable line "Have fun storming the castle." No, that's awesome. I love it. Well, but you just said that you didn't. No, actually, I repeated that I love it. No, everyone heard him. He hates tall women, and he doesn't like the scene. I don't. I don't <laughs> think you're fooling anyone. <laughs> Do you know we we saw Valerie recently? She was the sister's brother's mum. At the oh, end, of, at she the, was too. At the end of that movie. She I mean, so, was great in that oh, movie. When she, like, when she's only she, in it for 30 seconds. When she's fantastic. she busts in with, <laughs> yeah. oh, she's so good. She's so good. Although somehow doesn't quite mesh with a lot of the rest of the film. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to make another, another bold claim here. Second best name of a character in film history is in this film. Inigo Montoya? No. <gasps> what? Because that's number one. No. What? Inigo Montoya is not in the top. Five. You're kidding. Number two on the all-time list of great character names is the impressive clergyman. <laughs> what? Mowage. What absolute genius. <laughs> Just be like, I don't know what to call this guy. <laughs> impressive. And, okay, here we go. I, and I stand by this. This The R word should not come anywhere near this film. But when I was watching it yesterday, I was like, I would love to see Steve Coogan's impressive clergyman. I think it would be a work of art. Look, well, I mean, while we're doing this, I don't think the R word should come anywhere near it either. But let's recast. All right. I'll be Wesley. <laughs> I'm thinking Brie Larson as Buttercup. And because then you'd have to give Buttercup more to do or Brie would be like, what the fuck is this? I mean, and then Wesley is tough because no one has ever come close to Cariel was beauty and charm. I could stand to see a Garrett Headland Wesley. Maybe Paul Bettany? He's a bit old. Paul- What? <laughs> what are you smoking? Well, now, I mean, now you know what my taste in dudes is. Paul Bettany? I don't know. He's British. He's I, like, I love Paul. I think Paul Bettany's fantastic, <laughs> aside from vision. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. Who else could be Wesley? Young Jude Law. I mean, clearly, clearly Andre the Giant would be The Rock. Well, The Rock's in everything. The Rock's in everything. <laughs> it would be The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> He'd also be the impressive clergyman. <laughs> I I could see uh, Oscar Isaac as um as an ego Montoya. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that could work. Chris O'Dowd as the al- the al- the weird albino guy. <gasps> I could see that. That'd be fantastic. That'd be really really good. Yeah. And I'm not saying all albinos are weird. I'm saying he is a weird guy. <laughs> like he hangs out in a torture chamber. Like, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I knew what you were saying. I'm a, you I'm were a, saying I'm, that you hate albinos. I'm a friend to the fair-skinned. <laughs> Here's another thing that I think could be improved. Why do you keep coming with improvements well, for one of these top ten films? Well, it's just uh, like we can just sit here for half an hour and say how great is this movie, which is not news to anyone. 
Okay. All right. So you're wanting to bring something new to the conversation by ragging on it. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. All right. There are inconsistencies with Wesley's moustache. <laughs> How closely are you watching? It, I've seen this movie a lot of times. Did they need to bring in the same team that worked on Superman's face? <laughs> Just They should do a remaster where they digitally touch up his moustache. They should because it's all over the shop. <laughs> It goes from, like, full lip coverage to, <laughs> you know, only... Yeah, but he's a pirate. It's... Seriously, next time you watch it, pay attention to Wesley's tash. It's all over the shop. Really? Yes. You know what would be fun, then? Maybe we should do a recut based on his moustache. Like, we should reorder the scenes based on the length of his mo. Ah, so it starts smaller and then it, it makes sense because it grows out. Yeah, so it's like a mo-logical order. I like it. <laughs> So it sounds like you're being fairly harsh on this near perfect film. Yeah. What are you rating it? Oh, look, this thing's trash. It's only <laughs> it's only a nine out of ten. Yeah, good. Thank God, I'm a nine as well. It's one of the single most joyful experiences you can have in front of a screen. I can't wait to show my kids. I like. I can't wait until because they're old enough to sit down and watch it with them and they understand it. Yep. It's just so joyful. Even like in the way it subverts things is so good. Like the fact that. Midway through the film, Grandad spoils the fact that no one kills Humperdinck. Yeah. It's just like it just throws that out there mid-film. And it's like, what? You can't you can't do that. That you can't do that in storytelling. Well, they do, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We actually haven't really spoken enough about that dynamic be- between the grandfather and, and grandson. Because that is actually a really big part of the film. And I do love the way that they continue to cut back to that. It's more than just a framing device. It, it is part of the story itself. And then at the end, when, when Grandpa says, as you wish, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it means he loves him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. I'm also a nine. Love this film. Thanks, Caleb, for making us rewatch it. It was uh, such a chore. It was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we getting to next week? Uh, back to Netflix next week. Yes, we are. <laughs> why, why did I say it like that? I don't know. You've have you turned a bit villainous? I might, I might have. I twirl, you could twirl a moustache that moves around <laughs> your lip. Yes, we're staying home, checking out the new Netflix film. You can't remember what it's called, can you? <laughs> I was. You didn't. I mean, you could have just like cut from that to me saying. Yeah, it. I was gonna just like jump in and take the line, but I was like, this is gonna be much better. You, you take the line. <laughs> No, I don't even know how to lead into this. It's, okay, it's two. It's two words. Yeah. Uh, hang on. I think the first word starts with an I. It does not. It has an I in it. Do you want to buy another vowel? Yeah. E? Ends with an E. Ends with an E and it has an I in it. The first word could relate to a type of beer. Imperial? Good guess, but no. Triple Frontier. Oh, yeah. No, that's where I was going with oh, it. It was right yes. there, wasn't it? Uh, on the, on the tri- tri- tip of your moustache. Triple Frontier. Big cast in this one, though. It is. Yeah. Garrett Hedlund. Affleck. My my Wesley. Garrett <laughs> Hedlund and, and Al Montoya. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oh, love Oscar Isaac. This might, in fact, be the remake. <laughs> that would be weird, wouldn't Actually, it? Actually, Affleck could play Humperdinck because he's a smug bastard. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, I mean, yes, Affleck could play anyone because he's amazing. He could play the shark in Jaws. Because he's a smug bastard. <laughs> he's. Oh, I love Affleck. There's I a reason he was this. perfect casting in Gone Girl. <laughs> Smug bastard. (laughs) So that should be fun. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. 
If you do want to help support the show and insist that we watch a film of your choosing like Caleb did, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we watched a thing. And we'll catch you next time. Go watch a movie. What a story, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag things that are getting cut. <laughs> <laughs>